0: If you have ever thought about starting your own podcast, you should check out Riverside. Riverside is an online recording studio that lets you record podcasts and video in studio quality from anywhere. And if you click on the affiliated link in the episode description and you buy a subscription, you will also be supporting the podcast. And If you're gonna start your own podcast or you just want to continue to listen to great podcasts, you need headphones or speakers. If you click on the Amazon-affiliated link, you can get great deals on headphones and speakers. And if you make a purchase, it will also help support the podcast. Both links will be in the episode description if you're interested. Understandably, abuse can make a person do desperate things, things that they wouldn't normally do. It can even turn family into enemies and create deadly lies. Hi, my name is Courtney Jewell, and you are listening to the 12th episode of the second season of History Shelf, a podcast about history that proves that sometimes fact is even more interesting than fiction. For the second season of History Shelf, I have chosen to title this season, Something Wicked This Way Comes. You may know that that comes from the William Shakespeare play Macbeth. I am going to be talking each week this season about someone from history that was accused of witchcraft. But as we go along, you will find that the wicked I am referring to are not the ones that were actually accused, but rather the accusers. You will find that those accused were not obviously actually witches but victims of people that were out for revenge and personal gain, and those caught up in the hysteria of it all. And for this week, I am talking about Mallin Matt's daughter. Malin was born in 1613 in Esterbotten, Finland. At the time of Malin's birth, it was Sweden. In the 1630s, Mullen moved to Stockholm, Sweden to get work as a maidservant. In 1638, she married Erik Nielsen. Together, Mullen and Erik had two daughters named Anna, Erik's daughter, born in 1655 and Maria, Erik's daughter, born in 1657. Both Mullen and Erik were physically abusive towards their daughters. In 1668, both Anna and Maria were beaten by their father and by their mother, After Eric told Mullen to do it after the girls had been brought back home after running away. During her beating, 13 year old Anna told Eric, God knows mother beat, and you beat, and I shall no longer remain silent. Such a sin you committed, all the time standing on a chair over our black cow like a rooster over a hen. Anna did indeed tell authorities that her father was having sex with their cow. And in 1668, Eric was put on trial for sodomy. At his trial, Molland testified that her husband had been acting suicidal, and that he had been sleeping with a knife under his pillow. Eric was found guilty of having sex with his cow, and he was executed. Now, I'm not saying that Anna wasn't telling the truth. I think it's absolutely possible that Eric was fucking his cow. But... I also think it's a possibility that Anna was lying, and you will understand why I think that a little later on in this story. Mullen then married Anders Aronson in 1669. It appears that he died sometime before July of 1676. Mullen and Anders fought a lot, and both Anna and Maria left home because of their fighting. Mullen's profession in 1676 is unknown, but she at least was a midwife to a woman named Anna Zappel. Anna is the sister of the subject of last week's episode, Britta Zappel. If you want to learn more about Britta, take a listen to the episode that I did on her, if you haven't already. Mullen, who was described as poor also rented out her sauna for money. Saunas were used as a way for people to clean themselves. I talked about the Great Noise in last week's episode, but let me give you some more information on it. The Great Noise started in 1668 when a woman named Gertrude Finn's daughter accused Merit John's daughter of being a witch. This started witch commission's all around Sweden and about 280 people were executed by the end of it. Many children across Sweden accused people of abducting them and taking them to Blockula, That is a legendary island where the devil held his earthly court. Malin was accused by her 19-year-old daughter Maria. Maria accused her mother of witchcraft in July of 1676. Maria's report said, quote, The true daughter of Romper Mullen, Maria Eric's daughter, age 19, were called upon and confessed that she had the same night been abducted by Anna, wife of Staffen, who sells beer at Dal Rio, to whom she had been lost at games by her mother. Last Easter evening, her mother allegedly said to her, My daughter, do you wish to follow me and we will make people out of you? Thereafter, she began to take her every night to Blockula. The second time she traveled to Blockula upon a man. Confessed aside that her mother had always had a bad language, cursed, and used ugly words, particularly on great holy days. In court, Malin was referred to as Romper Malin. The meaning for rumpaire is unknown, but there is a similar term, Rumpaxa, which means stupid or uneducated people. During her trial, Malden was asked to read prayers and to also repeat prayers that were said to her in court. She struggled with this. She said that she could not read. This was unusual, since 1571 every Swedish citizen, no matter their class or sex, was required by law to learn how to read so they could read the Bible for themselves. The fact that she could not read the Bible did not help her case. Maria testified that her mother had taken her to see the devil multiple times. Maria said that in court she could see the devil behind her mother holding her skirt and whispering in her mother's ear not to confess. After Maman was ordered to fall to her knees and pray by the court, Maria said that the devil went away. Maria wasn't the only one that had accused Maman of being a witch. Maman's other daughter, Anna, the one that accused her father of having sex with the cow, backed up Maria's testimony. Anna even said that she started abducting children herself, and Anna was arrested. Children also accused Malin. Ten-year-old Matthias Wallendorf and seven-year-old Margrethe Jordan's daughter both testified that Mullen had kidnapped them and took them to Blockula. They also said that they could see the devil behind Malin in court. Gertrude, Matt's daughter, said that Malin had taken her children to Satan 16 times. 14 of these times Malin was in prison. Gertrude said that Malin had supernaturally beaten her children. Gertrude said that Malin had lost her children in a game to another woman accused of witchcraft, Anna Simon's daughter, Hack. Gertrude said that she would kill Malin if Mullen wasn't executed. Mullen denied all of this. Her daughters stood by their testimony, and Mullen stood by her innocence. Which, her doing that didn't help her, because her denial was seen as her being helped by Satan to withstand interrogations. Of course, if she had said that she was guilty, that wouldn't have helped her either. It was a damned-if-you-do, damned-if-you-don't situation. Mullen accused her daughters of leading a bad lifestyle. The court asked her to go into detail, but we will never know those details because the court did not write them down. Because Mullen's words were, quote, offensive to decent ears, end quote. What we do know is that Mullen accused them of being thieves and that they got bored with being maidservants and wanted Mullen to support them. Maria was asked if she had just accused her mother to get her mother's house, and Maria denied it. With the combination of the testimony of her daughters and the lack of religious knowledge, Mullen's guilt was certain to the court. On July 16th, 1676, Malin was found guilty. Malin was sentenced to be executed, but it was uncertain just how she would be executed. The first proposed execution was beheading and then half her body burned at the stake, but that was reserved for people that had confessed. The second option was that she should be tortured before she was beheaded. The last option was... She should be burnt at the stake. They went with the last option. It was suggested that she should be tortured with a hot iron before her execution, so she would be unconscious and wouldn't feel her execution. But a priest said that the execution was about the honor of God and not about Malin's pain. Instead, a bag of gunpowder was put around her neck to make the execution go faster. Mullen was calm and showed courage at her execution. It was noted that she was very tough. She smiled as the bag of gunpowder was placed around her neck. She was executed on August 5, 1676 in her in Stockholm with Anna Simon's daughter, Hack. So Anna was beheaded and then burned. Mullen refused to say that she was guilty. Had she done that, her sentence would have been changed to a beheading and then burning. Her daughter Maria called out from the crowd for Malin to confess. Malin just cursed her daughter for eternity. Before her execution, Malin refused to shake Maria's hand and make peace with her. People said that Malin died in silence. This helped further the belief that witches felt no pain. Mullen's execution put an end to the great noise. The way that witchcraft accusations were investigated changed. Now children had to repeat their stories in court instead of having their stories repeated back to them in court. Eyebrows started to raise when their stories started to change. Children started to accuse members of the upper class of witchcraft. It was believed that the upper class could not be witches. Authorities realized that they had made some huge mistakes. The children that lied were either whipped or hanged. All the people that were accused of witchcraft that had not been executed were freed, including Mullen's daughter, Anna. Anna was sentenced to be whipped for perjury, but the crowd threw stones at the guards, whipping Anna. Mullen's daughter, Maria was given a warning for perjury. In 1677, the Swedish government declared that witches had been forever wiped out in Sweden. Witchcraft accusations were to no longer be investigated. Malin was the first, last, and only person in Sweden to be executed by burning for sorcery. She was the last person in Stockholm to be executed by burning, and she was the second-to-last person in Sweden to be executed by burning. Along with being famous for all that, she is also a role model for Magnus Norden's novel Davulin's Mark, which translated to English, that means The Devil's Mark. She is also a central figure in the children's book series Jack Ten Paul Jack, Translated to English, that means The Hunt on Jack, by Martin Olchek. And that was The Life of Mama and Matt's Daughter. Thank you so much for listening to the 12th episode of the second season of History Shelf. There are 15 episodes planned for this season. Next week's episode is going to be about Catherine Ramuzan. I hope you come back for that. A few things before we go... If you want to follow this podcast on social media, the Twitter is at HistoryShelfPod. The Instagram is at History underscore Shelf underscore Pod. The Facebook page is HistoryShelfPodcast, and the TikTok is HistoryShelf. If you want to help out this podcast financially, there are a few ways you can do that. One is you can buy merch from the HistoryShelf merch store. I will leave a link to the HistoryShelf merch store in the episode description for this episode. You can also become a Patreon. This podcast is always going to be free, but there are some perks that come along with becoming a Patreon. The first tier is called History Student, and that is $1 a month, and with that I will send out a thank you to you on social media. The second tier is called History Fan, and that is $3 a month, and with that you get the first tier, plus you get to vote in a poll that helps me choose the theme for the next season of this podcast. The third tier is called History Buff, and that is $20 a month, and with that you get the first two tiers, plus you will get a handwritten note of thanks mail to you from me. And the last tier is called History Lover, and that is $40 a month, and with that you get the first three tiers, plus you get to choose one item from the History Chef merch store. I will leave a link to the Patreon in the episode description in case you're interested. Also, if you... Click on one of the affiliated links. There's one for Riverside and there's one for Amazon. If you click on one of those and you buy something, that also helps support the podcast. Those links are also in the episode description. I also have a gig on Fiverr. So if you want to purchase ad space on this podcast, you can. So if you have a podcast or a YouTube channel or a book or products product or something that you want to advertise, you can. On this podcast the link to my Fiverr gig is also in the episode description but if you don't want any of the merch and you don't want any of the perks and you don't want to buy anything but you still want to help support this podcast financially you can do that I have turned on listener support on Spotify for podcasters but as always the best support is for you to just to continue to listen to this podcast And there are a few other ways that you can help out this podcast for free. One is if you are listening on a platform that lets you rate this podcast five stars and or leave a positive review. If you do that, that would be very helpful. Also sharing this podcast on social media and letting your friends and family know that you found a podcast that you like and you think that they would also enjoy. That would be very helpful. All right. Well, until next time, keep learning keep loving history, and come back for next week's episode. Bye.